Welcome in to The Scoop, the premier UNC football recruiting podcast sponsored by Johnny T-Shirt and johnnytshirt.com. Welcome in to The Scoop. I'm your host, Ross Martin, joined by Don Callahan. This is Inside Carolina's The Scoop podcast, the premier UNC football recruiting podcast. Got a big show. Don, what's going on, buddy? Not too much. Those who are regular watchers might notice that my uh, screen's a little bit different. Had to had to use a laptop. Desktop wasn't working right now. But, uh, but yeah, not much. Just enjoying the dead period a little bit. Ross yeah. is definitely enjoying the dead period. Where are you at, Ross? I'm at the beach right now. I'm at Holden Beach on a little family trip for a couple days. But we're still bringing you the podcast here at Inside Carolina. Uh, yeah, watch on YouTube, guys. YouTube uh, was youtube.com backslash Inside Carolina. Subscribe there. We're doing a lot more uh, YouTube and video content as we bring on a, uh, a guy whose role is going to be to develop our YouTube page. And remember to rate and review, subscribe. Rate, review, subscribe. Uh, wherever you list your Inside Carolina podcast, Don. Do you think that we'll, we will ever do like a live sort of yeah. podcast, like not like what we do for the signing day, but like like this, but live on YouTube for for the yeah? Watchers? I think I think it's definitely a possibility. Uh, we're bringing in someone who's going to help out with that a lot, and I think I work well with him, and we know him well, so it'll be the opportunity to expand that, maybe for like a big commitment or something like that, or some signing day deal. So, yeah, um, we're sitting here was June, July 13th, and we took like about two weeks off. And we during that time, I guess only really a week off. And during that July 4th weekend, UNC had five commitments. UNC now sits at, I think, 14 commitments. Is that right, Don? I think so. <laughs> pulling up. Right, yeah, I know it's like 13, 14. I, you know, you can kind of lose count after a while. Yeah, I'm pulling it up here. So UNC has 14 Commitments. They added five commitments in four days, and I believe it was eight commitments over the course of a week, Monday to Monday. I think they landed eight commitments. So they got things rolling uh, before the dead period, taking advantage of that official visit weekend um, and filling a lot of a lot of holes. I know I did a little interview with Don. We went on some written content about how they pretty much have a commitment now for every position of need. Um, so now it's kind of picking who they want to fill. Um, you know, if they need another lineman, another wide receiver, you know, another um, cornerback or safety, that's kind of what they're going to be focusing on um, as they close out this class. Don, your, your general thoughts on where the well, class Well, can I give sits. a selfless, selfless plug right here? Yeah, go ahead. The weekly scoop that, that was posted just after that, um, that final weekend of June was a mock class. Mm-hmm. And it's, its hit rate is pretty high. It did... It did miss on on a guy, Caden uh, Smith, but that was, you know, in my defense, didn't have a lot of great options for the offensive line to kind of throw in there. But beyond that, all these guys that committed were on there, and um, I'm feeling really good about the 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 mock class's success going forward. So if you aren't a subscriber, don't go on, uh, you know, the weekly scoop. Don't check it out every week. You need to because you'll know these things ahead of time. Yeah, so Don's weekly scoop mock class has been hitting. Why do you think you've had such success in that mock class? 
seriously, like, is there something about the class or just something you, you yeah, felt? I think you ultimately you start to kind of see how things are going with recruits. You know, we, we June is now such a decisive month as far as you know, what what schools, you know, uh, recruits are officially visiting because all these all these recruits, a lot of these recruits have 20, 30, 40 scholarship offers. But in reality, there's only like a handful of schools that they could really choose from mm-hmm. or that they're really interested in. And through official visits and through other visits, you can kind of see who truly is involved with these recruitments. So once you kind of have the, the pool narrowed down, you get an idea. And in, in some of these instances, a kid took one or two official visits and it's pretty obvious what they're going to do. So yeah. I'm not like this, you know, I can you know, profit or anything like that. I'm just doing a good job of, of watching what they're doing and predicting from there. And I still don't even bat a thousand. So yeah. You know. There you go. So modest coming off your staff review. You know, it's a, it's a big day in the Don Callen household drinking his coffee there. Um, what was I going to say about that? Oh, and also, I don't know if this, this plays a role, but UNC's not going after the, you know, not in it for some of the really, really big time recruits. So that could affect, you know, you see a, a three-star they've got, they really like, you know, the three-star would commit to UNC. UNC's focusing on him. So maybe that kind of changes you know, how you prioritize who you pick for that mock class. Well, well, just to kind of piggyback on what you just said, and this kind of segues into, I don't know if you've mentioned on the podcast yet, but our, our guest, hopefully, oh, yeah. um, Jamal Jarrett, um, big time guy, you know, four-star guy, highly ranked guy. Um, you know, you can go check in the mock class to see if he's in there or not. But a guy like him, it's a lot harder to decipher just where he's leaning because he is a higher profile guy Georgia's involved, North Carolina's involved, Auburn's involved. It's probably going to come down to UGA and UNC. But, uh, but yeah, no, those guys, those recruitments are much harder to predict than, say, the, you know, the three-star that's down to North Carolina, West Virginia, Maryland. Yeah, exactly. Great segue. We are going to bring on Jamal Jarrett at the, uh, at the end of this podcast. We have not, <laughs> we have not recorded the interview yet. Uh, we're recording this on July 13th. Uh, you will Wednesday, July 13th. You should get it. Um, you should be listening to this on Thursday, July 14th. And we're going to record Jamal Jarrett shortly after we do our part. Um, UNC defensive line target, six foot six, 350 from Grimsley High School in Greensboro. Uh, big time four star guy, 176 in the nation, 26 ranked defensive lineman. And of course, was uh, teammates and uh, classmates with current UNC freshman. Uh, defensive tackle, Travis Shaw. So Jamal Jarrett coming up at the end of this podcast. We'll do a good 15, 20 minutes with him. Um, it'll be our kind of our first, I think it's our first non-committed yes. interview with a prospect. So he is not committed, like Don said, Georgia, North Carolina. He's committing next week, Auburn. next Tuesday. So this is kind of crazy. You'll get a preview of, of what his thoughts are. We're going to have to, you know, kind of ask questions in a way that, you know, you can probably you can maybe read through the uh, details. Now, Don, as we talk about him, he's coming on an Inside Carolina podcast a week before he commits. Is that a clue to anything or anything? I, you- no, I don't want anyone to think that because it's not. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's two things. One, he realized that another um, Grimsley product is on this podcast. So that was an easy sell for him. You tell him that? I, I did. I said, hey. You know, you can't turn ba- your back on a fellow Whirly, right? Yeah, there, there you go. The other thing is, is um, I've had a great relationship with him yeah, since, since the jump. And, you know, wherever he goes, you know, 
from from a personal standpoint, you know, as long as he's happy, that's all I care about. And so this is just more of like, hey, he, he wants to hype up his announcement. And <laughs> this is kind of equivalent to when like a um, a celebrity comes out with a book and they go on yeah. a book tour sort of thing. That's what this is more like Great than analogy. anything else. Yeah. He's trying to get as many eyeballs as he can. He's, start, he's starting to yeah. build his brand now. If you go on his Twitter account, I mean, he's doing countdowns. He's doing which fan base can get me, you know, mm-hmm. the most uh, follows. And he'll, he'll throw a picture of him in Georgia gear. Then an hour later, him in UNC gear. So he's having a lot of fun with it. Yeah. Really enjoying the process. That's what this is all about. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is a once in a lifetime thing. So you might as well enjoy it. Good life yeah, motto there. Absolutely. Okay. So uh, I pulled the class here. We were sorry I wasn't prepared for that, but UNC has 14 commitments. They're ranked 24 in the nation. That's gone down a little bit since the July 4th weekend. Um, yeah, because I think they were like 19, 20 at one yeah, point. Yeah, I think they were at 19. So they're at 24 now. Um, Don, do you know where they want to be number-wise? Can you say that? They want to be one. Uh, oh, you're talking about uh, size-wise. Sorry, size. They have 14 right now. Yeah, so... As you know, I don't like to talk about it too much, but I think it's hard to, to kind of um, pin down because of the transfer portal. You have to leave some space in there. So I think we're looking at something definitely between 20, 25. So, you know, maybe like 23 ish, but it, but it really could go definitely over 20, probably 23 ish is probably a good number. Okay, great. Well, let's get into it, Don. Um... They had five commitments in four days. It started with J. Bron Harvey, defensive lineman. It then went Robert Grisby on that Friday, uh, inside uh, interior offensive lineman. Then wide receiver Christian Hamilton. You were there for that commitment. And then on, I believe it was Saturday, DJ Geth, um, an interior offensive lineman from South Carolina. And then on July 4th, that Monday, it was four-star wide receiver Chris Culver. That's what you uh, UNC got to move two 14 commitments and really boost their um, not only ranking, but kind of fill a lot of holes. And now it's, it's pretty clear kind of the, the, the main targets to fill out this class. Let's start with, uh, with J. Brown Harvey. We'll do a couple, then we'll take a break for a commercial and come back to close out with the, the remaining guys and give an overview of the class. Sound good. Well, can I skip to, to one? Cause I, I want to get your take on something. You want to skip to what? I skip to one of them. Sure. Can I skip to Christian, Christian Hamilton? Well, we're going to get to him did third. Sh- did- well, I just I want to get your take. Okay. I'm excited. I can't wait. All right. We'll do Christian Hamilton first. All right. Let me go. Let me get pull him up. Yeah, here. go Christian- to break. And then I have I have some questions for you on that. Go ahead. Not non recruiting. Don't get don't get crazy. But go ahead. wait, wait, wait. You want me to take a break now? Oh, I thought you were taking. We're not taking a break. Then let's no. go. Yeah. yeah. All okay. right. Let's, let's start with Christian Hamilton. Commit to UNC on that Friday. Six foot 175 from Hickory Ridge High School in Harrisburg, North Carolina. 210 in the nation, 30th wide receiver, eight ranked player in the state of North Carolina. Don, you're at his commitment ceremony in uh, Hickory Ridge High School. Tell us about the ceremony. Tell us what it was like. And then, especially, I mean, we know he's committed now. What is he going to bring to UNC? And I, I can ask that after you break it down. So, um, did you see the video? Yes, I wrote an article about it. Oh, okay, good, good. So, what, so I want to know your thoughts on that video. We talked about this a little bit already, right? Not on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. So for those who don't know, he I was I was I was away. I was traveling, so I didn't really watch the ceremony. I just did the. Do you want me to kind of get the play by play? I mean, it's not. Well, I'll, I'll preview. It. Yeah. So Christian uh, Hamilton was all the thing was set up, and you've been in, if you've been in these ceremonies, they're in the library in some big room, 
and he had his parents on either side of him. He has coach in the in the view of the camera. Dom was filming it, I'm assuming. And he unzipped his pullover. He's committing. He had the microphone or whatever. Unzipped his pullover. And it was a Clemson shirt. Everybody cheered. And then a Clemson hat. So this is, you know, four or five seconds. And he waited, waited. His parents were looking at him, surprised. His coach was confused. His dad was very, very surprised and shocked. <laughs> and then he threw down the Clemson hat and pulled off the Clemson shirt and revealed a UNC, a navy blue UNC shirt. And then his mom took off her pullover and revealed a Carolina shirt. And he committed Carolina. So, yeah, a really good job of confusing everybody, including Don, I believe. Or I don't know if you knew, but including his parents, which is very surprising. Don, you were there. Tell us what happened. Yeah, so his dad, you can actually hear his voice on the yeah. mic. Yeah. I think someone thought that might have been me, but no, the mic was up on the table. He's like, he um, got, he, he's like you got me good. You got, that yeah, was you a got good me, one. Yeah. That was a good yeah. one. That was a good one. You also, if you watch the mom, she goes to unzip as he's unzipping the first time. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, whoa. Yeah. And so she kind of just freezes. Jupiter Wilson, who played at North Carolina, his head coach, he is kind of like, uh, you know, he's clapping because he wants to be supportive, but he's like, <laughs> this is not what I expected. So he said he didn't know. I didn't ask his parents, but I mean, I, I, it, it was clear to me that they didn't know. Um, when I'm filming. And you didn't know either, right? I didn't know he was going to do that. Yeah. So here's the, so I was on the impression he's going to pick North Carolina. So. And those, I went back and watched it, and it felt definitely longer than what it was. Mm-hmm. Because I'm thinking in my head, because Christian, and I said this before him, he, he can go against the grain. And that's what kind of, you know, he wasn't listed, I don't think, in one or two of my mock classes, because I kind of felt like he, he likes to do things differently. So I was like, man, is, this, is he pulling something out on this? And but then when he obviously when he, when he changed his shirt, but my, my question more for you. Well, anyway, so finish my thought. Um, yeah. So it, there was a little bit of like, OK, you know, not that it would matter to me either way, because I'm covering it, you know, as a journalist or whatever. Yeah. But the thing that popped in my mind was the Dalen Everett stuff, which you and I talked about on the podcast mm-hmm. and how a lot of posters got on Dalen Everett and thought there was some sort of you know, conspiracy and so, some sort of fight between him and Dre Bly and yada, yada. And that's why he did it in spite of North Carolina, even though that wasn't how it was. And I asked um, Christian and his coach, like, what was behind this? And Christian was like, you know, everyone thought I was going to Clemson. I just want to throw kind of a curveball, make it a bit of a surprise. And that's really what comes down to I me. Mean, a lot of kids have done this. Him and Everett weren't the first ones to do this. A lot of kids have picked up other hats, thrown them aside, yeah, all this yeah. sort of stuff, which is what I was trying to explain during the Everett stuff. But what I was most curious about was the fan reaction because Everett took a lot of heat from UNC fans. They attacked his dad on Twitter and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Well, what I think is crazy is that, you know, was he even a take for Clemson? Like, Clemson didn't want him. So it's kind of jokes on you, kind of. Yeah. So there I mean, was that, too, because I was under the impression that I, I don't – if he would have picked Clemson, I don't know what would have happened. You know, because from my understanding, Clemson at least backed off, though Jupiter Wilson did tell me that Clemson had been in contact with him leading up to it, where, you know, it was he said he only had talked to Clemson, North Carolina leading up to the announcement. Okay, so, yeah, yeah. all right. I mean, it was funny. I mean, it was funny if if you don't, you know, I mean, look, it's college football. Who cares? Like you you piss off some fan bases. I mean, that's that's college football. So, you know, we need to talk about conference realignment, too, at the end of this podcast. Okay. 
we have can. to. Okay, Christian Hamilton. All right, committed committed to UNC. He was the first wide receiver to commit to UNC. What is he going to bring to the Tar Heels? Yeah, so he's he's a guy who's who's primarily a slot receiver, but he has the ability to to play outside if you need to, and he, he even has the ability to play defensive back if receiver doesn't work out for him. You know, the, I think the thing with him is that he his coach kind of talked about this in in, this, in the story I did earlier in the week, just about how he's willing to do the little, the dirty things. One of the things that pops out in my mind is, I don't know why you took that different. <laughs> I mean, why you said he likes to do dirty things. <laughs> anyway, um, I know this is 717, but Hickory Ridge played against Roseville um, um, High School in, um, in 707 North Carolina. Um, Roseville ended up winning, winning it all. But the mm-hmm. one game that they lost was against Hickory Ridge. And I believe the primary reason they lost that game was because Christian Hamilton decided to play cornerback and match up against Noah, Noah Rogers and did an unbelievable job. Mm-hmm. Is those, it's just that mentality. Like, let's help the team. Helping the team means stopping Noah Rogers. Put that on me. Don't put it on someone else. I want to take care of that. Those are the sort, that's the sort of mentality that I think is the best attribute that um, Christian Hamilton brings. And you think, we talk about this, we do these little breakout videos we've been doing, you know, six foot, 175. You think he's going to be an interior kind of slot guy but he's big enough he could play outside yeah so that's what i think the thing is is he's he's a he's a slot guy but yes i mean in certain sets or i mean if if, if someone else emerges as a great slot guy after josh downs leaves yeah. and you still want to get christian hamilton on the field he is the guy who could play outside yeah all right great in in state wide receiver uh christian hamilton has committed to his heart all right jay brown harvey an edge rusher, 6'3", 215 from Southern High School in Durham, North Carolina, uh, ranked 189 in the nation, 25th ranked edge rusher, number six player in North Carolina. Um, you know, we talked about him a little bit. His class is so weird, though. Um, but he's visited UNC all through his recruitment. It seemed pretty much like this was UNC, like Durham. Look, it's a, it's less than a 25-minute drive from where he lives, probably to Keenan Stadium. Um, you know, Dom, we, we didn't, his recruitment seemed so focused on UNC. So let's just talk about what he's going to bring to the Tar Heels. Uh, I know you think he's a, you know, and he has proven he's a sack master and loves getting in the backfield. Yeah. I mean, his sack numbers, his tackles for loss numbers that he put up last season as high school were so impressive that many people wondered if they were inflated. Um, but you know, just pulling up his film and just throwing it on, you can see him. Mean, he's constantly getting to the quarterback, constantly making tackles behind the line of scrimmage. I mean, and, and this is a guy who has a basketball background, but um, has added the weight already and has developed into a great pass rusher. And, you know, he's through the last couple of years has slowly started to focus more and more on football. And that obviously uh, resulted in a breakout season last season. And his coach believes he's going to improve even more this coming season. Yeah, and he's gonna play Jack, right? Yeah, yeah. So he's he's kind of he's that Jack guy. So he's six three, two fifteen. And for those who don't know, and this is this is a new position, and we're still kind of learning about it too. The Jack um, is so they have a nose tackle, three technique, an edge, and then a Jack, and they kind of all line up on the defensive line. The Jack can maybe step into coverage a little bit, but based on what we talked about with Chris Collins and, and Noah Turner, Noah Taylor, Noah Taylor, yeah, yeah Noah Taylor. Um, it is a it is get after the quarterback. That is the Jack's job. It's coached by Gene Chizik. So this is a pure pass rushing. Is a little leaner than a defensive end. A little bit leaner than like a, a Des Evans. Can maybe be a little bit quicker, but like a Malachi Hamrick, I think is going to be a Jack. 
Um, you know, you think about a guy like Malik Carney probably would have been a jack. It's a pure pass rushing guy. So that's what J. Brown Harvey is going to be. All right. Sounds good. You did a great job, Ross. Thank you. Yeah, we're going to be right. You know, we got we got team coverage here in a couple of weeks. So we got to gear up for the football season. It's no more playtime, no more vacation. All right, Don? No more playtime. All right. Uh, and then also on that Friday, Robert Grigsby committed to the Tar Heels, an interior offensive lineman. You know, 24-7 sports switched up with things now. We have edge rushers. We have offensive love it. tackles. And then we have interior offensive linemen, which covers guards and centers. That's how they do the rankings now. Six, three and a half, three, ten from North Cobb High School in Kennesaw, Georgia. Um, he's a, you know, mid to low three-star, 756 in the nation. Uh number 51 ranked interior offensive lineman and number 75 in Georgia. Don, um, you know, offensive line recruitment in this class, a little bit confusing because there's so many names. Now UNC has three commitments <clears throat> on the offensive line. What happened with Grigsby's recruitment briefly, and then we'll get to his game. Yeah, so he visits North Carolina back in, in March for junior day. Um, UNC had offered him uh, shortly before that. He already had a trip scheduled to NC State, so it just made sense to kind of to package them together, takes his officials in June, one in North Carolina, North, uh, NC State and Vanderbilt. North Carolina had that final official visit, which, as I've mentioned multiple times, beneficial for that school. After taking those three official visits, decided on North Carolina. A lot of it had to do with the, the business department. That's what he wants to major in. Uh, but also he has a great relationship business, with uh, Jack McNeil. Business school. Business school. Yes. You said, you said department so many times. Not a big deal. It's just kind of funny. My bad. So, yeah. That's all right. Um, uh, cool. Grisby. And then, so, pick UNC for the reasons you stated. You know, anything special about what he's going to bring? Just a big – I mean, he is 310. There's no issues here with him putting on weight. It's <laughs> a matter of getting that weight the right weight on. Yeah. So, I think the one interesting thing is that he has mentioned about, you know, the center position, and that's always a topic – that's brought up mm -hmm. a lot because of just what North Carolina dealt with this past season at that position. Um, and what all, everyone graduates after this season at that position for the most part. Well, they lose two definitely in Brian Anderson and gotcha. um, Corey Gaynor, but they have Justin Konyuk playing um, center center now. Okay. Yeah. So, so yeah, so that, that's, you know, that's an option. He has some experience with it. Um, but um, he's mostly been a tackle at his high school, which is very common and why centers are so hard to find is that most you, you usually a high school typically plays their best offensive lineman at tackle position, depending on mm -hmm. their offense. Yeah. Okay. Robert Grisby is a Tar Heel. Let me close his little profile out. All right. And then we already talked about Christian Hamilton. He committed next on that, on that uh, Friday evening at six and uh, Don was down there. And then Saturday, uh, DJ Geth committed another interior offensive lineman, 6'4", 300 from Dorman High School in Roebuck, South Carolina, uh, ranked 975 in the nation, number 69 ranked interior offensive lineman, the number 15th player in the state of South Carolina. This was a South Carolina, North Carolina battle. His dad played basketball at UNC. He had some friends and obviously being from the Palmetto State, some ties to the Gamecocks. Uh, Don, what happened here with his recruitment? Because it, it came kind of out of nowhere, because I know we didn't record a, a reaction video because I'm not sure we, we kind of – maybe you knew, but I don't know if we had enough time to prepare. Yeah, so, um, I mean, I didn't – don't want to 
don't want to go behind the curtain too much. But um, <laughs> but I mean, some of these other ones, I had an idea well in advance. This one was one of the ones where, you know, I, I found out maybe like 24 hours or so before. But I mean, that Friday before he announced was a pretty busy Friday, um, including me traveling to Charlotte and back. But anyway, yeah. So, I mean, there were a lot of kids and you know, even the, most of the kids that week that that committed those those commitments weren't necessarily set well in advance. And we have guys like Braden Marshall, who's going, who's set uh, July 30th as an announcement. And so a lot of these kids, it's just a matter of when they felt right. And for DJ, he went back and forth between North Carolina, and South Carolina, and he felt right about it. Um, you know, after a week, after taking that final official visit to South Carolina and just wanted to kind of, he's, a, you know, no frills guy, typical offensive lineman, and just wanted to kind of get it over with. And that's what it came down to, you know, yeah. after he decided. And I was kind of thinking about this. And look, he has the friends that you at South Carolina that committed there or whatever. But if you have a chance to go to North Carolina, it's a significantly better university than South Carolina in terms of just the connections, in terms of um, the alumni base, in terms of the academic reputation. Um, and so, I, I don't know, I think people forget this, but it can be hard to get into. But if you have the opportunity to go to North Carolina, especially now when it's super hard to get into, you got to take it. It's one of the best public schools in the nation. So I think that can be a deciding factor that helps UNC a lot of times is the reputation of UNC as long yeah. as the kids, the kids that are getting are smart enough and can get into the school, which for football, I mean, it seems like I don't know how many times UNC's had trouble getting kids in. I know it happens occasionally, but not all the time. Yeah, I think it – well, so if you've ever been in the football community in South, the state of South Carolina, there's definitely a very strong pull to go to either North Carolina or South Carolina. I feel you like mean, every time you mean, you mean I mean, I mean, I mean, Clemson or South Carolina. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I feel like any time I've gone to a game, and if it's not obvious who I am, I'm asked, "Are you a South Carolina or a Clemson fan?" Mm-hmm. You know, that's just what it, that's just, the environment is very different than what it is in, in North Carolina, and so I can understand that pull. I think what helps him understand what you're saying is the fact that his dad and mom graduated from UNC, and so they're kind of living proof of what North Carolina can do for, for your, your life. And, and, and that makes it a lot easier for him because, you know, he has a teammate who can choose North Carolina or South Carolina hasn't cho- chosen yet. Um, that's Marquis Anderson I'm talking about. And, and um, most people think he's going to pick South Carolina and I don't think they're wrong. There you go. Um, all right. So DJ Gath, what kind of player, anything else to know about him? Yeah. I mean, he, he is a, you know, big offensive lineman. You know, he's another guy similar to Grigsby and the fact that he's an interior guy that UNC wants to try out at center. They mentioned center. I mean, both of them are not going to play center, but I think what you do is you bring in some center prospects and see who works, who doesn't. And then if you don't work at center, you play him at guard. And I actually, I think I misspoke earlier. I don't, I don't believe Grigsby has any game experience snapping, but DJ Geth does. Um, and Geth has played all over the offensive line for um, uh, for Dorman High School, including um, center and snapping in games, which is significant. Gives him a little bit of, a, of an advantage over the other guys who are competing for that for that position. OK. And then Chris Culver, that's DJ Geth, Chris Culver. Sorry. Yeah, DJ Geth. Chris Culver commits to UNC that following Monday, July 4th. Wide receiver. This is a big one. You have a highly ranked kid, 6'3", 174 four-star prospect, 315 in the nation, 42-ranked wide receiver, uh, and number 12 flank, 
ranked player in the state of North Carolina, um, made in high school. Don, you're a big Chris Culver fan. Um, <laughs> and what's going on? What went on with his uh, recruitment? Now, the wide receivers were so confusing for a while there because there's like six names, three mm. or four spots, NC State involved. You had Noah Taylor go to Ohio State. You've had, and then you had um, Christian Hamilton and Chris Culver now commit to UNC. Has State landed any of those guys they're going after? That North Carolina's recruiting? No. Concepcion or... Concepcion uh, has not made his decision yet. And who's the other guy? Um, um, I don't think... There's no other receivers. Okay. Unless I'm forgetting someone. Yeah, um, I mean, Technic... Culver listed NC State as a finalist, but NC State wasn't... They weren't... He didn't officially visit there. Wasn't. I mean, this came down to North Carolina, Virginia Tech. And then, you know, Florida State was involved. Ohio State was involved early on, but he was a plan B for those programs. And, and once those schools filled up, um, he kind of that, that helped North Carolina a whole lot with, with him. But I mean, ultimately, you know, he mentioned that he made his decision during his official visit. I know it got a little scary for North Carolina because of um, he took the official to Virginia Tech. His mom is from Blacksburg. I'm married to someone who grew up in the Blacksburg area. So I understand the, uh, the pull there. So um, I imagine that that was a little bit scary for North Carolina, but you know, really his decision was made and a week after taking that official visit to Virginia tech, he was committing to their rivals, North Carolina. Okay. And with Culver, you know, what about UNC attracted him? So I think, you know, he mentioned a lot about the relationship he had with Lonnie Galloway. You know, Galloway is probably UNC's best recruiter. He does mm-hmm. a really good job of, of managing recruitments, which is very key with how North Carolina recruits. What do you mean and by that? Be, well, because UNC doesn't offer a ton of guys. Got it. You know, you look, you know, and you're not going to get every single guy you offer. So you have to also, if you don't want to offer a ton of guys, you also have to recruit guys who aren't offered almost like they're, they're they've been offered so that you don't fall behind for them if you miss on the guys you have ahead of them and yeah. it's a delicate situation to kind of say even though the elephant in the room is is this guy is your plan b um but you kind of have to you know fix that so so um you know, you know it's that <laughs> this is this is a little we're going down off topic okay. but it is kind of like if you're i mean look it's kind of like oh, you're da- da- dating multiple women right Oh my! You know what I'm saying? Like I know Don, you know about all this. Um, <laughs> I'm, <laughs> he's choked I'm up. No lo- <coughs> yeah, I'm just thinking about. If but I like you know, if you like, if I mean, look, this is a p- coaches use dating as a as an analogy. analogy. Yeah, because there's a lot of parallels. Recruiting yeah. the same way. You got text, got call, you got DM, got some photos, got some graphics, videos, Different visits. Photos you're sending though. Yeah, that's right. Uh, unofficial visits, official visits, but like when you're like you said with Galloway. Uh, and how you maintain um, recruitments, you got to, you got to, maybe you have one that you really want, but if she doesn't pick you or he doesn't pick you, you've got to make sure there's a backup ready to go so that you're not lonely and you're not, um, you're not deprived of attention. So you got to, you know, this is not the best strategy, but you know, if you're, if you are knowingly dating multiple people, you can keep others interested while focusing on one and then, and then, you know, you know, have other ones for a visit and then text and call everyone. So and the, the analogy there, I think works great. Yeah. And um, for how managing recruitments and, and juggling 
multiple people that you know you still have you have interest in them all just maybe different levels of that is this something that you have an expertise in no i don't do that i don't do any of that kind of stuff okay all right all right so, so yeah Culver. so or, so yeah so he had yeah. a great relationship with lonnie galloway obviously you know being in state school meant a lot to him he just mm-hmm. always seemed like that carolina sort of guy he visited a lot last summer um, but that really dropped off after the summer, which kind of made things made people kind of wonder what was going on. But um, I guess he had a good grasp of what UNC was about last summer and the official visit in June just kind of sealed it. And what kind of player is he? What's he going to bring to Tar Heels? I know you're a big Culver fan. Yeah, I'm a big Culver fan. I mean, he's like he's a legit six, three, you know, long, um, rangy, great long speed. Um, and he's he's just a gamer. You know, I mean. I've mentioned this a bunch of times on the podcast, so I'm kind of being repetitive here. But I mean, he's a kid who has put Maiden on his back multiple games last season mm-hmm. and helped them win, you know, multiple touchdown games. He's going to have to do that a lot more this season because they lost their, their quarterback. Um, so he's probably going to play, play a little quarterback. But um, I mean, he's going to be the player for Maiden. And you, you look at those guys and I think of like a Mike Hughes sort of situation. Mm-hmm. If you remember back when he played in Newburn, you know, guys who are just the team for their high school. I love those sort of guys. I think that transitions really well to to college, and you can easily find a role for that person. That's what Culliver has, and he has the the height and athleticism and the speed. He has legit track speed. So, I mean, I think he's super underrated, and a lot, and he's a four star. Um, but a lot of that is because of you know where he's located. Yeah, you want your college commitments playing at a high power five level to be dominant in high school. It's the same way for basketball. If you're recruiting a guy to play at Carolina, play at Duke, wherever, you want that kid taking over games, being the alpha, uh, scoring points, dominating, being a leader. You don't want a guy getting lost on possessions. You know, if you're recruiting an offensive lineman, defensive lineman to play at a power five level, you want him sacking the quarterback, getting after the quarterback on every possession, or, not, or just being so dominant on the offensive line that you don't let anyone, you know, they have to change their whole defensive plan to avoid you. I know Travis Shaw, when he played defensive line for Grimsley, he took, he kind of eliminated half of the field for the offense because of how dominant he was from the, he played a lot of end. Um, and so he kind of controlled that whole area. So that when you talk about a player being like a Mike Hughes or like Chris Culver being dominant in the game and making an impact on every possession. Well said. Thank you. Well said. The first so time that, I've heard that. That, that, um, that wraps it up for us, right? Yeah, well, okay, so we have the Jamal Jarrett interview coming up. Coming let's, get, up. let's get a quick pre, let's get a quick like, um, overview of this class. Wide receiver, why? Like, okay. exactly, like, like, you know, so they're signing 14 commitments. What's going to happen? What is the next time players can visit? All that stuff. What's going on right now with the coaches? Because I think they're on vacation now, or they were on mm-hmm. vacation, and then they come back, training camp starts. July 28th or 29th, I believe, uh, players. So that's going to be back on campus. What's going on recruiting-wise for the staff and players for, for the Tar Heels? So the dead period ends temporarily, um, I think, the last week of this month. I'd have to look at to find the exact dates. And then resumes for all of August, basically because everyone's practicing high school and college. Um, the, dead, so, the dead period resumes. Yeah, yeah. Got so it. all of August is dead. Um, and so for that those few days or that almost week in towards the end of July, you'll see a lot of barbecues, quote unquote. They're just recruiting events sort of thing to get guys back on campus. A lot of focus is going to be on the next class for that. Although you'll have some, 
So you'll have some commits come and then you'll also have, if you can get some guys that you're really recruiting, but for the most part for North Carolina uh, and the weekly scoop this week kind of breaks it down, kind of resets the board and, and kind of lays it out for you. A lot of guys will have their, their decisions made by the end of the summer. Just it really just a couple are taking their recruitments into the summer, into the season. And it's probably maybe UNC, well, probably offensive line, UNC will expand the board a little bit. But beyond that, there's not going to be a whole lot of new names that, that, that emerge. So, and this is why when, when fans are like, oh, we're going to land this guy, we just need to win such and such games this season. Well, when you're, when most of your class is, is committed by the end, mm-hmm. I mean, and we're talking about probably like 99% of UNC's class is going to be committed by, by the end of the summer. In by, the summer. I would say, yeah, by, by September 1st. Okay. So, um, so they'll have visits, a couple of visits in the late July. Probably just one day of visits for North okay. Carolina. They'll probably maybe, just pick one day okay. for like a, like, a, like a barbecue sort of thing. Okay. That's not set yet? Um, uh, yes and no. Okay. And so, then dead in August, but people will be committing during August and committing yeah. you know, as the season starts. Yeah. Okay. And, and the guys who are committing in August, for the most part, they know what their decisions are. Yeah. Some of them are, are choosing to commit on the birthdays. Some want to do it on a significant day for their high school or whatever it may be, or mm-hmm. whoever's birthday and that sort of thing. So, um, so you'll see a lot of that. And there's some guys who have not made d- decision plans, but want to commit this summer. But I, I really, I expect the majority of UNC's targets to be, you know, most, almost all of them to be committed by September 1st. Okay. All right, guys, let me talk to you a little bit about Johnny T-shirt and johnnytshirt.com. We'll be right back with more of the scoop. We're going to talk a little conference realignment. I think that's a huge issue that Don and I haven't talked about. We're also going to have an interview with Jamal Jarrett. So don't go anyway, anywhere. Big podcast, Jamal Jarrett interview, and some conference realignment talk. I have a lot of takes. But Johnny T-Shirt and GiantT-Shirt.com is your one-stop shop for everything that you need for UNC. The season is right around the corner. It's time to get those T-shirts, those jerseys, get sweatshirts for the fall, get all your tailgating gear, get decked out and ready for UNC football. Um, you know, get your family shirts, get friends shirts. Hey, send a gift, send a surprise gift. People love that for no reason. Go giant t-shirt, get um something, some trinkets, some uh something for the tailgate, something for the home, the office, and get it from giant t-shirt and johnny t-shirt.com. Remember, all inside Carolina subscribers get 10% off their whole order by going um to the tar pit of the UNC premium message boards, getting that promo code, then going to johnny t-shirt.com or to the store on Franklin Street. And, uh, and using that code to get 10% off their order. Great stuff um, for all UNC fans. Get jerseys, shirts, T-shirts, hats. What else, Don? Give me something. Give me something. Tailgating stuff. Get like yeah. uh, napkins, paper, towel, anything you want. Johnny T-shirt. JohnnyT-shirt.com. All right, a couple national ads. I'll be right back with the Jamal Jarrett interview and some conference realignment talk. All right, welcome back into the Scoop Podcast on the Inside Carolina Podcast Network. I'm your host, Ross Martin, joined by Don Callahan. This is presented to you by Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyT-Shirt.com. We have a very, very special guest. This is the first time we've had a, a non-committed prospect on the show. We've had, we've had committed prospects, but we have Jamal Jarrett, uh, class of 2023, defensive lineman. Just a little intro here, Jamal, six foot six, 350. Uh, a rising senior at Grimsley High School in Greensboro, North Carolina. Uh, 24-7 sports composite four-star, uh, 176th in the nation, and the number three player in the state of North Carolina. All right, Jamal, we appreciate it. I'm passing it over to Don for the first question. We'll get going here. Yes, sir. Yeah. 
I just want to continue that, that introduction a little bit. I was asked a couple of weeks ago um, on the message board, my favorite recruits to cover. And I, you know, Jamal, I'm old. So I've been for doing sure. this for almost 20 years. And up. so, of course, I list, listed some names, you know, Mike Paulus, um, uh, Michael Carter, Eric Ebron. But I also mentioned Jamal Jarrett. So, uh, so you are one of my favorite recruits to call always. I mean, as you guys will notice throughout this interview, Jamal likes to have fun, good dude to talk to, fun to talk to and all that. Uh, yes, but, but you have a big day coming up next week. Yes, sir. So can you kind of set the stage on what's, you know, what the date is, what's going on, who are the finalists, what the plan is, all that sort of stuff for your announcement? Yes, sir. So the planning part is really hard. Um, we're pretty much just trying to get everybody out there. Uh, we're doing it next Tuesday at 630 at uh, Jamison Stadium. So, man, I'm ready to get it over with. Narrowed it down to three schools. So I'm just that's pretty much it. So are you so it's going to be, I guess, somewhat similar to what um, Travis Shaw did, right? As yes, far sir. as. OK, OK. Did you consult with him or his family or has your family consulted with his family to kind of get an idea or was this, I guess, just kind of working with the Grimsley high coaching staff to kind of figure things out. Pretty much just working with the coaches. Okay. So I don't expect you to give us, we're not, we don't want the answer right now. I'm sure some of the listeners probably do, but we don't want the answer, <laughs> but um, how in your mind, like what, I imagine you have, you're at least leaning towards a school. What percentage would you say your mind is made up right now on that school? Like about ninety five percent. Ninety five. Okay. 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 So, what's been the toughest part about the recruiting process? Don's told me you've you've loved it, you've enjoyed it. What's been the mm -hmm. hardest thing to kind of narrow it down to the school and, and even get to the point where we have to make a decision? Man, just the relationships you build, I feel, are hard because like you're you're telling all these other programs that you know gave you a chance, uh, like thank you, but no thank you, you know. So it was, it was really hard, like, you know, just letting them know that. But at the end of the day, you can only pick one school. Yeah, so, I, ma I imagine, like, turning schools down after these coaches yeah. have been so nice to you and you built relationships with with that family and, and all these coaches. Yep. That's got to be a challenge. Dom? Yeah, yeah. Along those lines, I don't know if we've actually laid it out there. You know, you're down to Clemson. I'm sorry. You're down to Georgia, yes, North sir. Carolina, and Auburn. And it, what was interesting was that you actually planned on taking a bunch of additional official visits, including Clemson, which is why that was on my mind. I think Texas A&M was a school yes, that you, you consider taking an official visit to. There was one other school. I can't remember who it was. LSU. LSU. OK, so but you basically kind of just slammed on the brakes in the middle yep. of June and said, I'm done. Going to make a decision down to these three schools. What happened to kind of get you to that point to just hit those brakes? Well, I found home pretty much after uh, the officials. I found found the home, so I was just like ready to get back to my team and uh, you know get ready for workouts for my senior season. So, as far as the official visits, I was like, I'm done with it. I took three of them and enjoy and pick out of those three. When when you went on these official visits, what were you looking to find out about that school? Because I imagine you you've been I know you've been to Carolina a good amount and, and potentially Georgia too. But what have you? What do you want to find out about that school on those visits? So me, really, on those visits, I just wanted to, like, I did my own research on each school, but I wanted to go in person and see everything that I researched, make sure it was true or not, and uh, just see anything I, I missed. So it was really more of like a educational purpose on the visits. I just wanted to 
like get as much info as I could out of each program before I left. And, and what are you looking for? Like what's a – every prospect's different. Like what are you looking for in a school? Do you want something that develops you? Do you want the education? Do you want uh, a strong relationship with the coaching staff or your defensive line coach? What are some of the priorities when you're making a decision? Well, my overall goal is to make it to the NFL. So, of course, like you said, uh, the development part, and uh, I want to get a degree. So, I want to, I want, I need a good academic uh, base, academic structure at the program. So, this is really the only two things that I um, really focus on, and like, uh, like, like uh, the home feeling part. Like, mm-hmm. I just want to feel comfortable at a program. You know, like be able to, like, on my days off, go go to the park or something. You know, go shopping, something. I just want to feel like I'm at home. Normal stuff I could do. Gotcha. And one more here, Don. Um, when, when a kid, when a, when a prospect's picking a school, do you look at the current roster? Do you look at how they're doing in terms of winning, losing? Like how important is like how they did last season or, or how they're selling you on the projection of the program to you? Because you can come there and help them win. Or, or how does that kind of work in your mind? So, like, especially like, on these visits, uh, you get to see the depth chart. You get to see everybody on ESPN roster, whatever. You get to see them on your visits. You know exactly how many people are playing your the same position as you. You know exactly who you have to compete with when you get in. And, like, you build bonds with them. They give you tips and stuff, too, even when they were recruits, what they noticed and what they didn't notice and what questions they did and didn't ask. So, on these visits, it's really cool just seeing that and uh, hearing from the players. Of course, the depth chart, like you said, and uh, – Everything else, like that's that's it's big. It's a big thing. Uh, most recruits look into when they go on these visits. So Ross and I wanted to have a little more fun with this because you've answered a lot of these same questions a hundred times, and you're probably, you know, bored of answering them. But uh, so the first, I guess, fun question I have for you was, and I, and I kind of alluded to this a little bit, I think, um, before we started recording. On your official visits, they feed you a lot, regardless of, of the school. What was the one meal? that you like the most and where was it at that's hard uh dang georgia had this uh fried shrimp thing i forgot what it was called it was like fried shrimp wrapped in uh excuse me wrapped in like a cheese sauce or something mm-hmm. that that junk right there was the best but then again unc also had this uh sweet potato souffle thing it tastes just like sweet potato pie that that was awesome man okay so, <laughs> it was really it was really great man Anything with cheese sauce is good. Man, I'm telling you. Like anything. Que- you. Que- how good is queso, Don? I mean, just dipping I, anything I love- queso. Yeah, queso oh, is, is awesome. The only yeah. thing with queso is you got to eat it quick. Because yeah. when it starts to, starts to kind of cool down, then it becomes, you yep. know, not as, you know, a little bit harder to eat. Congealed. Exactly. Congealed, yeah. Congealed um, is a good, very good word. Thank you. Yeah, okay. <laughs> on, on these visits, I know you went to Mac Brown's house. We, I think yeah. we've asked another prospect this. What is what's Mac Brown's house like? What's going on there? What's the deal? It's amazing, man. It's beautiful. It's huge. The pool area alone is just beautiful. Uh, man, his game room is lit. <laughs> his game room is lit, and he has a he has a golf simulator room in there. Uh-huh. It's, it's fun, man. It's like you can't be bored in there. Like <laughs> you what did walk you around. There's different things everywhere. What did you spend the most time on when you were there? Like what game or, you know, what were you doing the most? Well, I was chilling in the game room for a little bit, but I was really at the pool for the longest. <laughs> the pool was nice. Because your, your visit was in June, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, so I, I guess. No, 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 no. It was uh, May. Excuse me. Okay. Yeah, late May. But it was hot enough to get the pool? Yeah. 
Okay. So you a big pool guy? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. What pool do you go to in Greensboro? Uh, Hamilton Lakes, and um, I also oh, yeah. go to the one by my house. Okay. Yeah, I know Hamilton Lakes. It's a big pool. <laughs> yes, sir. They have a, they have a high dive there. Yes, the Ham- sir. The, Ham- the Hamilton Lake Hornets. Yeah, I did so- some flips off it plenty of times. Are you serious? Yeah. Are you doing yes, some sir. cannonballs? I imagine that you know three fifty yes, cannonballs would uh, be pretty pretty big splash there. Yes, sir. Right. Okay. What about as far as because I know that every school is trying they try to do something unique during the the official. We've heard about the um, North Carolina for a couple of them did the um, laser tag in Keenan Stadium. Yeah. Um, what which one of those, it doesn't have to be North Carolina. It could be Auburn, Georgia, whatever it may be. What was a, a cool sort of activity that probably wasn't football related that, that you really had a good time with? Uh, both Georgia and Auburn on my officials, we did uh, axe throwing, which I've never did before. But it was, it? It was oh, fun. axe throwing. Okay. So it was really fun and it was very uh, competitive. The coaches and the players and even the parents were getting at it, man. Like It was very competitive. It was very fun. Have, have you ever done axe throwing, Ross? No, no. Oh, my fault. Yeah, so yeah, it sounds like Jamal had it, but uh, I don't know <laughs> if I, ha- I don't know if I have. It's a very popular thing now, especially like going. I mean, yeah. I, know, I know you're 17, so you probably can't drink, Jamal. But there's a lot of bars, <laughs> a lot of bars in the area that do like axe throw. It's like a big new bar thing. You go with friends and throw axes. Um, all right, let's get into a little Travis Shaw talk here. W- what is your relationship like with him? And did he have a role in any? Like, what role did he play? in terms of your recruitment? I mean, obviously, he would kind of want you to go to UNC, but, like, did he give you advice? Did he give you any guidance? What's your relationship like with Travis Shaw? Uh, it's pretty cool. He's not, like, the strongest. Like, I don't really talk to him every day type of thing. But uh, he came to my practice uh, not too long ago. I was just uh, talking to some UNC in my head. He was like, uh, this is home, you know, close to home. You know the whole ordeal. And uh, it's pretty much it. He's like, it was the best choice he ever made. And then again, he was like, it's my choice as well. He was like, Go wherever you feel is the best, but he uh, believes you don't see his home. So. Yeah. So people don't realize that you actually started out your high school career at Smith High School and transferred in, I guess it was about a year ago, right, to yes, Grimsley. And yes, so what was that like when you first, like, you know, first, because they just were coming off the state championship um, and they obviously have Travis there, they have a bunch of established players, a quarterback there too. Um, what was it like for you kind of, being the new guy on that on that roster, uh, they opened. Uh, I could say Grimsley opened up their arms and uh, took me in. As I was like, I was already part of the family. I got in there, learned quick, and uh, played very uh, very quick. And I was like, we pretty much started up like everything was rocket fast. So as soon as I got in, I had to jump in and learn everything really fast. But what, it was pretty what, cool. What was Travis like initially? Uh, a, another teammate, another uh, player, great player on the Grimsley on the Grimsley football team. Now, I know, I know initially when we started hearing about your recruitment, and I talked to Don a lot, there was talk of you playing offensive line. Is that Are you strictly defensive line now? Don would probably know this answer. I'm just going to ask yeah. you. Are, are you, are you going to, can you play both? Where do you, where, actually, where are you playing this year at Grimsley? What position? I'm staying at the uh, three technique and uh, nose guard, so staying at D tackle. Okay, and they don't have you play two ways in, in high no, school. Sir. So you're a defensive line for, for college, too. Yes, sir. Do you like that better? Yes, sir. Why? I feel like, like, well, you can be aggressive on the offensive line as well, but I feel like defensive line, you have more freedom and you can do more, you know? Yeah, so, it's like – And it's very it's very competitive. I mean, offensive line and defensive line is competitive, but I feel like defensive line, you have more freedom than 
you know, even make mistakes, you still have a lot more freedom to do so. Yeah, you make a mistake on O-line, the quarterback gets yeah, sacked. You're, you you're make, done for. You make a mistake on D-line, you just don't, you know. It's, exactly. Oh, my bad. And I, <laughs> Yeah, and uh, with, I guess with D-line also, it's like, see ball, get ball. I mean, there's like, yep. especially in high school, it's probably like, all right, get the quarterback, get the exactly. running back. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I, I imagine you, and you kind of hinted at this a little bit, you've established some relationships with uh, guys at, at all three um, rosters. Is there one maybe two guys that you're really close with and maybe you still text with or you still communicate with some degree on any of the schools whether it's auburn georgia or north carolina well auburn uh me and anichi sledge are really close and uh georgia me and christian miller are really close so okay. and jordan davis like we, we talk very now and then now too so it is it's, it's really crazy uh just the support from each program is really why they stayed out in my top three Who's kind of like, a, I guess, your guy at North Carolina? Uh, man, it's a lot. <laughs> we got Miles um, Murphy. We got mm-hmm. Tamori Fox, Keyshawn Silver. Mm-hmm. Got a little bit from Travis. And uh, we also got uh, pretty much the whole D-line room has really been communicating. Who, yeah. was, your, who was your player host during the UNC official? Uh, Tamori Fox. Okay. Yeah, I think UNC's D lines be pretty good this year, especially Miles yeah. Murphy's going to have a breakout year and Keyshawn Silver, yeah. Javari Ritzy. So, a lot of in state guys stepping up this year. Uh, do, you, do you think you're going to be nervous on Tuesday? Like, what do you think it's going to be like? I mean, it's a huge decision. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I will be kind of nervous, but like, mm-hmm. uh, I'm just I'm pretty much just getting my speech and stuff together, trying to uh, watch as many commitment videos from the past. And, okay. Uh, train myself, <laughs> do flashcards with the questions. So, I think I'll be okay. Yeah, did, okay. did you – do you have, like, a unique way of doing it? <laughs> yes, yeah, so like, uh, I watch all the – I study all the questions and stuff from the videos on YouTube, mm-hmm. on the CBS uh, Live commitment stuff, and I write them down on uh, flashcards and just, you know, study them, answer See, them to the best of my ability. What See, about that- – that is the study habits of a of a Grimsley Whirly right there. <laughs> Riding down study cards, you know, going to researching. Go ahead, Don. Yeah. So what about from the standpoint of the actual announcement? Because we've seen guys do weird, you know, different things with, you know, with the hats and, you know, we, Christian <laughs> Hamilton. Um, we've seen people pull out, you know, speaking of Georgia, someone I think a long time ago pulled out an actual bulldog from underneath oh, the table. Um, do you have like, cause I don't want you to give that away because we want it to be a surprise to people who are watching. Um, do you have a plan in place for what, how you're going to actually present it? Uh, so I'm probably, uh, you know, dec- decorate my table, have uh, my middle school jerseys and stuff on the table, okay. middle school, high school, AAU teams, all the uh, jerseys on the tables. Mm-hmm. And, uh, as far as the reveal, y'all gonna have to see it. Okay. So there is going to be something a little special for that. A little bit. Okay. Don, Don, you'll be there, right? I will be there. I will yeah. be there. I might not do no hat tricks or nothing like everybody else, yeah. but I mean, I might yeah. just, just keep it so, simple. Okay. So, you I mean, you're just going to go because a lot of guys do go the no nonsense. Yeah. Let's just do this sort of thing. Yep. Um, especially because if you do something kind of crazy that might be like throwing exactly. another hat, that fan base gets a little bit uh, peeved yep. at you. Yeah. <laughs> well, keep it simple, man. I yeah. think it's it simple. I think it's good to, to shed a little tear, get a little emotional, <laughs> get a little emotional at the top. You know, you're thinking coaches, family, mom, and dad, whatever, you know, shed a tear and now it gets everybody kind of on board and then you pick it <laughs> and then you get really emotional and, and, uh, and talk about that school and stuff. I think that's the way to do it. Is there going to be a family member that's going to cry that you think? 
probably my mom. My mom's the most emotional. So okay. <laughs> are, you, are you gonna have the family decked out in in the color of the team you choose? Most likely. Yeah. Oh, that's always cool. I think. You know, I got show neutral, so I'll probably change after the announcement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Um. All right, Jerry. You got uh Jamal. You got anything else, Don? No, I'm. I'm just. Um. I'm really happy that he came on here you know he the first one as you mentioned the first uh uncommitted guy to come on to the scoop podcast so um appreciate that it, that it was jamal jamal spent some time with us today yes, um especially because a lot of guys they don't like to do a whole lot of talking i mean we're less than a week away they don't want to do it because they're afraid that they yeah. might slip up might say something that might you know because everything that you say is going to be dissected completely so i appreciate your willingness to kind of come on and, and have some fun with us and, and chat with us yes sir no problem all right guys appreciate jamal uh and guys yes, definitely t- tune in to his announcement i'm sure we'll be some sort of streaming option whether it be on inside carolina's youtube page or is it cbs hq are they gonna be there yes sir do we know okay, okay. so yeah because they were at travis's as well so cbs h uh, cbs hq um and then also we'll have all the links on inside carolina uh, we'll be right back with more of the scoop. Thanks, uh, Jamal, and we'll yes, talk sir. to you. We'll talk to you guys in a bit. All right, we're back. Uh, we just got Jamal Jarrett off the Zoom call. Um, great interview with him. Again, he is announcing Tuesday. He told us six thirty uh, at Grimsley High School, a big time four star prospect uh, in state that is choosing between Auburn, Georgia, and UNC. Don, quickly here, we're not going to take too much time on this, but what do you think of the interview? What do you think what, what he said that maybe was different than maybe what you expected in terms of, of his decision? Yeah, so um, the, the preparation for the NFL thing kind of stuck out to me a little bit. Um, not that um, North Carolina – I mean, every, no matter where you, what school, it has been proven over time. Whatever school you go to, if you, if you are talented, the NFL is going to draft you. I mean, even if you're a D2 school, they're, they're going to find you. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, you know, Georgia does have that reputation, particularly with this, this past draft, if you look at what they did and, and, you know, maybe I'm just kind of trying to, to nitpick here and try to find something that might kind of tip the hat. A lot of people, you know, I've had him on my mock class the past all three. And, um, a lot of that is just thinking that, that, that the local school, the school down the street sort of thing will, will win out. And I felt a little bit more comfortable with it, with the, um, you know, North Carolina being his most recent visit. But some of the, the other thing that stuck out to me is when I asked him the question about why he, he kind of slammed on the brakes and he mentioned that he found home. As soon as he said that, I looked at his schedule. His first official visit was North Carolina, second, Auburn, and then Georgia. And then it was around that time. Mm. The Georgia official visit was June 10th. And that's it was what he, June, is that it when was, he stopped? It was schedule? June 19th when he came out and said he had a final three. Uh-oh. Could be just a coincidence, but, yeah. you know, I'm just trying to read a little well, bit into it. What, it seemed, what's your take? Well, it seems, well, now knowing that, well, it seems like, it seems like Georgia and UNC led all along, so he wanted yeah. to get the Georgia official in. He mm-hmm. would definitely do that, because I'm sure it's of interest. Hey, he's wearing a Carolina blue shirt with a Jordan brand logo on the interview. Did you notice yeah, that? I did not notice that. Good catch. Oh, are you serious? No, I did not I about that. asked him about it. Um, ah, I mean, I think he'll, he'll be great wherever he goes, you know. You know, as I'm a little biased here as a, as a Grimsley alum and a guy who covers UNC. Seems like a good guy to cover. Um, yeah, great kid. But look, hey, I like I've always said, and this may, you know, anger some loyal Inside Carolina subscribers, but like, dude, I mean, Georgia's a great school for football. I almost went there, yeah. not for football, but, you know, it's a good school. It's got everything that UNC has. Um, it's a great college town. It's farther. 
Dude, it's so easy going from Greensboro to Chapel Hill. We've talked about this a lot. That Ooh. is a easy, nice, quick drive. It's far enough where your mom's not there every day. But if you need to go home, do some laundry, home-cooked meal, that's great. But Georgia is a great school and has obviously, coming off national championship, great football at the highest yeah. level. And I don't know how many – Jarrett, Jamal – I keep calling him Jarrett. Jamal is probably not thinking about this, but I think as kids will start thinking about the conference realignment stuff too. Um, you know, like, do I want to play with this ACC that's not going to have enough money to compete? Or am I going to want to play for the SEC or Big Ten where they are getting that TV money and they are secure for the future? Whereas, look, if this grand right stuff is as legit as it is, uh, the ACC and some other schools, Big 12, Pac-10, may be screwed for the foreseeable future. So dicey Dave right there. That leads we'll, to our that leads to our next conversation. Doesn't yeah, it? it leads to our next conversation. Uh, yeah. No, I think um, I think you're right with everything you said. Um, yeah, and I, you know, and to be honest, um, I guess the 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 person um, separate the journalist. You know, he's a great kid, and um, I just hope he chooses whatever he feels best at. To be honest, you know, and I don't think you can go wrong with with either of the three. Although I guess Auburn does seem like a little bit of a dumpster fire with uh, their co- their uh, coach situation and, and all that's that. Far, and it's farther away than Georgia. Yeah. If you're going to Auburn, you might as well go to Georgia. It's closer. And yeah. um, one thing about UNC, I think that's always a selling point for some of these top recruits is you can come in and play a little bit quicker than you could probably Alabama or Georgia. Like Travis yeah. Shaw is going to have a chance to, to be maybe the second nose tackle this year, or at mm-hmm. least in the rotation with the top three nose tackles or, or three techniques. So. The, other, the other thing, too, from the in-state standpoint, and we've seen this with, with different guys, is that if you are like, if two guys are equal, one kid's, and we're talking about UG, Georgia, one kid's from Georgia, one kid's from North Carolina, the kid from Georgia is going to get the advantage. And the same thing with North Carolina, only vice versa. If you have two kids from one out of state, one North Carolina, you're going to take care of the in-state kid. So that's in, the ter- other thing. In, in terms of what? In what terms of. In terms of who are like Antonio Williams, I kind of talked to him a little bit about this when he went to Ohio State. Um, just he felt like he was constantly behind the eight ball, not necessarily because of what he was doing, but because things might be equal between him and another running back. But the other running back was from Ohio or was Ohio. from an area that, you know. And so I think I mean, you know. I think that definitely plays a factor in decisions when they're close. I mean, obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. if someone is just clearly better than the other, then you you play whoever's better. But I mean, I think of you know, you yeah. Travis Shaw, for example, is going to be taken care of at North Carolina, and I think Jamal Jarrett would be taken care of at North Carolina. Georgia, they're going to take care of them, but they're probably going to focus more on you know their Georgia guy. The in-state guys are, are going to be a little yeah. more of a priority. And, and I thought it was interesting. Uh, Jamal um, mentioned Miles Murphy and Keyshawn Silver as some of the guys he's been talking to. Those are both big-time, four-star, in-state recruits who probably exactly in his same position a couple of years ago. Yep, yep, absolutely. All right, guys, uh, we teased a little conference realignment talk. That is next. There's going to be a costume change. We recorded the Jamal Jarrett interview on Thursday, July 14th, do some just some scheduling issues and, and having to get and, and getting Jamal on board. Uh, but we recorded the first part. And the last part of this podcast at the same time. So you'll see me at the beach with longer hair and a white shirt. I didn't didn't even notice your haircut. And I just got it. And right now I'm wearing a black shirt, (laughs) not at the beach, back in Chapel Hill with a haircut. Uh, So that's for those watching on YouTube. That is the, that's that's what happens. The magic of, uh, of Zoom and YouTube. 
All right, Don, good stuff. Good stuff. Glad we got the interview in. Anything you want to say to me about what's going on tomorrow? Good luck with your... I didn't know how much of this you wanted out there. Good luck with your surgery. Yeah, big-time surgery tomorrow. So thoughts and prayers appreciated. All right. Um, well, uh, yeah, conference realignment talk uh, coming up next. Appreciate you all listening. And we're back on the Scoop podcast. Don, I want to talk about conference realignment to close out this podcast. We haven't talked since then. Man, what was it? Maybe a week, two weeks ago, the news broke that UCLA and um, USC, Southern California, are leaving the Pac-12 and going to the Big Ten, expanding the Big Ten. And it seems like um, it's becoming two major conference powers, the SEC, which is, is geography, you know, geographically all in the south. They're adding Texas and Oklahoma. And you have the Pac-12, which oh, a couple years ago added Rutgers and Maryland. Now they add the two California schools. It's a huge hit to the Pac-12, and it leaves tons of questions about what happens to the Pac-12, what happens to the Big 12, what happens with the ACC, and more importantly uh, for UNC fans. I listen to – I probably listen to six to seven podcasts about this. So I'm trying to get educated on it because it's so interesting. I actually really enjoy the topic. And then uh, recently I listened to Buck Sanders. You know him? And I, Yeah, I think I do. And then uh, and Tommy Ashley and our, our beloved Greg Barnes on a special edition of the Inside Carolina podcast. They did a great job, I thought, of kind of breaking it down. I did listen to it on 1.5 speed um, because <laughs> – because uh, you know, I've never done that for a podcast. Maybe because I don't. Well, um... Apple has one point two five speed. I think I did one point two five speed, and that's perfect if anybody on the podcast talks really slow. You can still hear everything, and it just you know it speeds it all up. You're done in five more minutes. You know, gotcha. Um, okay. So I'd recommend that. But if people talk fast, I don't know. Sometimes normal speed's good. Okay, Don. Let's just get your initial thoughts, and then we'll, we'll, we'll the initial thoughts, and then we'll go to how it affects you and see. And look, this is loose. Whatever you want to say, your opinion, we, we can, we can, can take my go. shirt off. <laughs> That's right. All right, go ahead. So um, my initial thought is, is that everyone's trying to make predictions of what's going to happen next. And I, we just never learn from the past is that we can't predict this. I, no one that I know of, and I listen to a lot of different podcasts, but, but, but before it happened, nobody was talking about Southern Cal mm-hmm. and UCLA going to the Big Ten. And prior to Oklahoma, Texas leaving for the SEC, no one was talking about that at all. You know, so I feel like whatever the next move is going to be is going to be equally unpredictable. And I everyone and, and I almost wonder everyone is talking about these two power conferences. What if there becomes more of a consolidation and there becomes, you know, four power conferences? Because, you know, I was reading something just before this because. I wasn't I wasn't prepared for this to kind of do any sort of research, but I have been reading it like you yeah. um, and how the Big 12 is talking about, you know, we're open for business. We're, we're, we're exploring, um, you know, all these different options. What if the Pac-12 and what's left of it and the Big 12 mm-hmm. come together? Yeah. And then the ACC expands. You know, I know everybody is saying, oh, they can easily get out of this. I don't know. From the, what the, I've read, the grant of rights, the grant of rights. Yes, yeah, I'm sorry. And from what I've read, it would be very difficult, difficult to get out of that. And so what might be a little bit more realistic idea is that the ACC expands somehow or another, and that we end up having four big conferences that would actually make the, the tournament a lot easier because they've talked about automatic bids. If you have just two, you don't need automatic bids. I don't know. Um, well, that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, one thing with that, I don't think expanding 
unless you can add unless the ACC can add Notre Dame. Yeah, I don't think it's, from what I've listened to and just kind of makes sense. Expanding the ACC and adding like like a West Virginia or you know like a you know maybe a Cincinnati or some you know these are examples some school with with not much significance is not going to help. All it's going to do is have less money. Yeah, spread out. It's true. Now, now yep. Notre Dame would help because the Notre Dame can sell, like it's now sell the contract and get more money from ESPN. Yeah. It's all about TV deals. So adding Notre Dame, I think, is the only thing the ACC can do to make to make more money for each school. The issue here is money. The SEC and the Big Ten. Well, it's TV. Yeah, it's money, TV, but it's TV. TV view, yeah, t- TV viewers. So that's pretty key to look at. Yeah, and it's payments by the TV. Um, by the ESPN deal, the Fox deal, whatever, because the SEC and the Big 12 have these huge, massive TV deals, and the UNC is stu- uh, ACC and UNC are stuck with this like- old, old ESPN deal that lasts until 2036, the grant of yeah. rights that no one can get out of. I don't know much about it. I'm not a lawyer, but apparently it's super hard to get out of, and it's very, very expensive. So people would think that Clemson and Florida State and Miami can just leave next year or whatever. Like, I think it's super expensive, like, like hundreds of millions of dollars to get out of it. So yeah. that's why I think, you know, look, it sounds great to have Miami and Clemson and Florida State go to the SEC and then UNC, Virginia, um, you know, Duke go to the Big Ten or something like that. We know these are examples. But I think the legal consequences with the grant of rights is, is massive. So I've heard this. This is just a crazy thing, but. One thing that could happen, you have to have eight schools leave to dissolve the ACC where there's nothing there anymore. So four went to the SEC, four went to the Big Ten. That's a possibility. But I think the grant of rights is, is going to keep this thing together for at least, you know, a significant amount of more years. And then when it gets closer to 2036, that's when teams could leave. So it's dicey, man. Um, and I, well, I'll, from a personal standpoint, I think it just sucks that we're losing these regional conferences. And yes. I know, I know it sucks, but I know yeah. it's inevitable. But mm-hmm. I loved having you know, back when the ACC was nine teams, when I grew up, you know, I grew up all around college sports. I grew up in Greensboro, the, the, the home of the ACC. I, you know, went to Wake Forest basketball camp, Duke, I went to Duke lacrosse camp, uh, UNC basketball camp, uh, never went to anything state, not a big state guy, but um, the reason I, comp- I took a crap in uh, Carter Finley once. <laughs> I've been to Carter Finley. Uh, really nice people over there at Carter Finley. Um, uh, the, the ACC, it's regional rivalries is what makes college football and college basketball so great. The Big Ten rivalries is what makes it so great. The SEC is still regional conference. They're getting bigger, but you have those rivalries. You have those – each state has a big school. Um, the Pac-12, you know, I'm not sure, exactly sure what's like out there, but, you know, in the Big East was great. Big East had great basketball rivalries. That's kind of been dissolved as well. So we're, we're going to lose that, and that's just the nature of the beast, and you have to accept that and, and – figure out and like buck said in his column you know you gotta find out where the money is and you can't wait around and try to keep the ACC together i agree with that it's just different man you're gonna have these, potentially have later on maybe in five ten years you have these you know have these 25 or 10 team conferences sorry sorry 20 or 25 team conferences where you know you play alabama or something once every 10 years yeah but hopefully some of these rivalries will stay but i think it's be tough to have nc state Wake and Duke play each other and Carolina play each other because I think it's going to be I think teams like Wake Forest, Boston College can be left because no one Boston College like they have to have such a small um, department stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. So um, I still 
the Maryland Big Ten thing still bothers me a little yeah. bit with the ACC. And I didn't grow up in ACC country, but I just always, I, I still, when I see Maryland, I see ACC. Mm-hmm. And there was, I was even writing a story recently and I accidentally, before I published it, because Lord knows it would have been caught by, by one of the subscribers, yeah. um, I, I almost, well, I called Maryland an ACC school. The thing too, I want to want to just backtrack a little bit what you, what you said earlier. I think it needs to be pointed out the timing for USC and, and UCLA is because their TV deal is coming up. Yeah. And the same thing. Now, if you look at just how difficult these grant of rights are, Texas and Oklahoma have to wait or, or are, are waiting. They're not coming for a couple of seasons because of the grant of rights situation. I really think that that grant of rights is, is going to make it difficult for, for the ACC. And I mean, I'm which not, look, I'm not, it, I mean, it could be a good thing and keeping it together. They're just yeah. being behind financially. So they're going to have to figure out a way to make more money somehow. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I don't know. I, I'm I'm like you. I'm really curious to see how this goes. You know, um, I was one of those ones back when I played NCAA football on the PlayStation and when you can actually uh, change the conferences around, I definitely would 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 mess with that. But by the way, I know you're not a video game guy. The The new NCAA is supposed to come out next next summer. Yeah, I haven't played video games in I think since I got married. So I haven't I have a decision to make because I think I might end up purchasing it. So we'll see. There but you anyway. go. Another addition to the man cave. The um, what about uh, I think we you want to talk about just how some of this stuff affects North Carolina, right? Yeah. Um, and again, I would definitely suggest listening to Buck, Greg and Tommy. Um, yeah. So I think UNC, like they've said, is an extremely attractive school for multiple reasons. Um, and so I think when that time comes. They, they, the SEC would want them. I think the Big Ten would want them because, look, the academic reputation is one reason. The Jordan brand, and the, the UNC is a national and even international brand. There's a color named after it, Carolina Blue. The, the, the intertwined UNC, uh, NC is a nationally recognized symbol. Um, and the success of its basketball program makes it a national and a very desirable um, pro, uh, athletic department. So I think they're going to be fine, but I just don't know if they'll be left behind with some of the other ACC schools because of the grant of rights deal. But look, like I said, like I would not want to be a Wake Forest fan or a Boston College fan, or even like kind of a Pittsburgh, Syracuse type deal. Um, and one thing with UNC is the football is just not – look, if they went to the SEC, they get killed by Georgia, Alabama. But they would yeah. have – they would be on a similar playing field, which who knows if, if, if UNC is in the SEC and getting that money – Look, they could say, look, we're the SEC now. You don't have to go play, go to Georgia or Alabama or Tennessee to play big-time football. You can stay in North Carolina, play for your home school. And so maybe that does raise the profile and you expect it would. Yeah, I, you know, from UNC's perspective, you know, I'm, I obviously look at it from a recruiting standpoint. Yeah, yeah. Um, I actually, someone asked me this question on the Don thread a couple of days ago. And, you know, a lot of it depends on who else goes where. Mm-hmm. But I think for the most part, I just I have a hard time seeing a whole lot of difference and what would happen with North Carolina. Because I think the recruiting footprint, unless something crazy happens with transportation, because we're talking, you know, if we're talking UNC has to wait until 2036, who knows, we could be on... Uh, we could be flying, flying cars. Flying cars, so maybe that yeah. changes. But if, barring that, then, uh, or even just self-driving cars... I think would make things a lot easier to travel, right? That already, that already exists. That already exists. It does, but it's not, it's not usable to the degree that we can use it. But anyway, um, 
I think North Carolina is still going to recruit within that, that certain radius. You know, I think Mac Brown has mentioned from DC to Atlanta, you know, so I don't think it opens that up. And UNC is already competing against SEC schools regularly for recruits. Mm-hmm. Now, does it level the playing field? I think it depends on the situation. I don't think it would level. I don't think North Carolina is going to be able to get kids out of Georgia over Georgia. You know, if UNC is in the SEC, um, does it help against South Carolina? Yeah. Maybe not in South Carolina, but maybe in North Carolina. Um, okay. But still, North Carolina wins. I mean, I think that they, they've had some good recruiting battles. Now, if, S, if NC State gets left in the dust and doesn't have a one of the two major conferences at home, then, yeah, UNC, I mean, but UNC, historically, UNC wins most recruiting battles over NC State. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Virginia Tech. I mean, so, it's, so I, I don't see a whole lot of difference. What I'm curious about is, let's say that there's a Big Ten move. What does that do? Because I think what you can sell is maybe you do expand a little bit more to Pennsylvania and recruit more. They already recruit Maryland, but recruit more in Maryland and say, hey, you can still play in the, in the Big Ten. Your family can see you play up and down the East Coast, but you can play in better, better weather. You know, um, so there is that. That would be interesting to me. And then also to see do more Big Ten schools come into North Carolina or Virginia to recruit. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that, there goes the distance thing that, that's still – one of the major factors when it comes to recruiting, you, that's not changing. Yeah, so, and I, yeah, and I said that UNC would get killed in the SEC, and I don't. That, that maybe was a little aggressive. Look, they're not going to beat Alabama, LSU, no. Texas A&M, Georgia, Auburn every year, but they can compete with South Carolina, Tennessee. They have Auburn, Texas A&M. Yeah, that'd be tough as they get stronger. But look, Arkansas, um, those schools all have down years. Like Tennessee has sucked the last ten years. Seriously, Tennessee sucked the last yeah. ten years. They lose the it's- slop schools. So. UNC. <laughs> What's a slap uh, school? Let me get a list of slap schools. Like a non-power five, just some no-name oh, okay. directional school that comes in there and beats Tennessee. I thought you were going to make some call-outs. No. Um, so, look, I think uh, – and, look, UNC's competed with Clemson and Florida State, and they haven't come out on the winning side as much as I think they would like in some of those recent games. But UNC will be fine. I just it's, – it's a dice situation. I think it's interesting to see what State will do. And the fact that State and UNC are both public schools in the state of North Carolina – the impact of the state legislator on that. Like if, if Carolina yeah. was to leave, go to the SEC, like would the legislator let them do that without bringing NC State with them? Because um, look, NC State's a big school too, and they well, have a lot of Duke? alums. What about yeah. Duke too? Like Duke I mean, I know it's a private so, school. Duke football is so bad. But the but the basketball. Yeah, and it's a national brand. It's definitely a national brand. The yeah. academics are attractive too. It's like a Vanderbilt or Northwestern. And yeah. big, big Ten and the SEC both have. And it's on UNC – and Duke basketball is just on a completely different level rivalry. And, and, you know, I mean, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I, but I know that the ESPN numbers when those games are on ESPN are just Mm -hmm. off the charts. So that's something that's appealing. What, how does that factor in? I'm not saying it means Duke has to come, but how does that factor in? Yeah. I would would think if Duke didn't join the same conference as UNC, they would have, it'd be weird, but they'd have like a Duke UNC game in like early December. Same, yeah. with, same with state, you know. But you, then you I, lose that. I think in early December, sort yeah. of, I think you lose the rivalry. Yeah. So yeah. who knows? There's a lot of factors, like we stated, and it's very confusing. And it's, but it's interesting. And it's kind of interesting to talk about. I think Virginia Tech is another one. Virginia Tech, Virginia, big schools with big fan bases, but, you know, not, I don't know if Virginia, you know, is at that same level as some of these other schools that are, are being talked about. Yeah. The only thing is, is if this is truly about television numbers, mm-hmm. I mean, I just, if you look at who's left over, who's not in the Big Ten or the SEC, 
I, I mean, I don't know if I see a whole lot of television. I mean, Clemson does sometimes, but I mean, who, who brings the huge, I'm talking about huge television numbers. You know, I don't, I don't know if I see a whole lot of that regardless of what school. And so yeah. that, and I think that factors in, in on, on decisions on what, what these conferences do, because like you said, the, the bigger the conference, the lesser the payout for each of their members. So if you bring someone in that, that they're going to have to increase their value is going to have to increase the payout so much that it won't be that big of a deal bringing them in and, and strengthening the, the payout. Yeah. And a lot of talk about, I think it'll be something we talk about down the line, but look, it may not happen until yeah. years from now. We got a little breaking news here. You ready? Uh-oh. For ACC Media Day next week, UNC is bringing head coach Mac Brown, running back British Brooks from Gastonia, wide receiver Josh Downs, and defensive tackle Ray Vohasic. So those are your three players and obviously your head coach for the ACC Media Day um, next week in Charlotte over Wednesday and Thursday. All right. We good, Don? We're good. We're good. All right. Big podcast, guys. Hopefully you enjoyed the um, discussion on new commitments, uh, the Jamal Jarrett interview, and a little kind of free, uh, free and loose conversation about conference realignment. We're going to have right. some more free and, free and loose conversations coming up, right? There we go. Yeah. Uh, we might see you in, a, in two weeks, I think. You know, again, Probably. Think things are slowing down, but we'll try to get you a show every other week now until the season starts. We'll definitely have more UNC football team stuff as training camp starts. I do think we just need to ramp that up. This is like my only podcast. Um, it's a good chance for us to discuss UNC football as well. Did they kick, as did they kick you off again? I've been kicked off, but uh, maybe back on. You know, we had some, we had some staff changes here. Gregory Hall has left the company. So there might be some some holes here and there. Yeah, well, I think everybody knows that. All right, guys, thanks for listening. Giant T-shirt, giantt-shirt.com. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to it. And again, uh, like, follow us on the YouTube page. For Don Callahan, I'm Ross Martin.